0: to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie. And I'm Tommy. And you're listening to Series 5, Episode 17, Home Sweet Home. And let's start it off with some announcements.
2: All right. We have one announcement. Uh, It is the uh, ever persistent reminder that post-game chatter is coming up. After this episode, we have three episodes left in the series, and at the conclusion of the finale, we get the entire cast together, we sit down and we talk about the campaign in general, and answer questions from the listeners. So this is your, what, fourth reminder Uh, to shoot us an email or a Facebook message or a comment on Instagram. Contact us in some way and submit As many questions as you like for post-game chatter. If you submit questions to post-game chatter, we will answer them. Ask us about how we liked the campaign. Ask us about our character choices. Ask me
0: about the weird GM fiats I do. Anything you want. And with that, let's move on into Words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. This Words with the GM is about Series 5, Episode 16, In Memoriam. This Words with the GM is a little bit different because it's kind of like a part two of what we did last week because, well, Bumbles didn't die. And we kind of talked a lot about how he did. Well, he died. (laughs) He definitely died. Okay, he's back. (laughs) Uh,
2: But yes, um, we spent some time in the last Words with the GM talking about character death in campaigns. And the big takeaway from that discussion was that as a GM, it's important for you to make sure everyone at your table understands the possibility of character death, Uh, kind of where your thoughts are on it and how likely you are to kill off someone's character, that kind of thing. That way, while someone may be surprised by their character's death, they don't necessarily think it was completely out of the blue uh, because they understand the possibility. But uh, there's a second aspect to the conversation about character death.
1: So your character has
0: died, but you want that person to stay in your campaign. What do you do next? Yeah.
2: The, the other important thing about character death is that while you shouldn't necessarily be planning for a specific character's death or anything like that, it's really good to have a general idea of what your options are when it comes to keeping a player at the table, even after their character has died, Uh, like integrating a new character into your current running plot or having NPCs waiting in the wings to... Uh, be picked up by the players uh things like that um i know at least in the first series of shadow run we talked at one point about like what would happen if someone died and, and like one of the first things was like oh well if one person dies they could be Bryn uh or doc you know like you have like you know your are supporting cast of npcs if you're okay with it as the gm you can uh have them kind of like stand by pcs in case someone dies
0: Or another alternative is to bring in a new character. And as a GM, you should always have in the back of your mind or at least like sideboarded, you know, how you might introduce a new character. Maybe they know someone in the party or know an NPC or maybe the party is just going to hire somebody or run into them. And, oh, my gosh, you're going our way. Sure. So there's there's that and when that happens you have to be ready to create a character and decide how leveled up they're going to be um i know some gms um decide that if your character dies you kind of lose a little bit of experience others are sort of the opposite where it's well let's make sure that you are you know the exact level of the party it's a, that's a call for like the state of your campaign and also Based on the backstory of this new character or NPC, they might be powered up. Um, you know, you gift XP. I killed your character. You have to learn to love a new character. Here, have some extra XP. <laughs> be a higher level.
2: Yeah. Ultimately, what it comes down to, which is kind of funny, because if you were to like take the general thesis away from all of our words with the GM, it really boils down to communicate with your players. <laughs> uh, because when you, when you kill off someone's character, but you want the player to stick around, it's pretty imperative that you as the GM sit down with them and talk about like what their thoughts are on integrating back in. Like maybe they have a character that they think could work really, really well with the campaign and you can find a way to integrate that character's backstory in, Uh, or maybe they're like, you know what? I want to be doc. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So like, you know, get their feedback when it comes to Bumbles. uh, Basically right after we were done recording the episode where Bumbles died, Dan hung out with me that evening and we rebuilt Bumbles as an AI because that was one of the things I kind of had like as a potential plan for keeping him around, uh, cause I thought it'd be really interesting and he was hundred percent on board with it. So we, we sat down and we made the character and then I told him, all right, cool. I know how I'm going to reintroduce you. Um, but you're going to be sitting out for a lot of the next next episode. Uh, So like, are you cool with that? And he was down for it. And so like what this resulted in was a reincarnation of a care of a dead character uh, done in a way that made both, uh, made both the player and the GM very, very happy uh, with how it worked for the story. uh, And uh, hopefully was, was entertaining for everyone else at the table too. Uh, All because we communicated with each other and made sure that we were, we were both, Happy with the end result of the character death.
0: It really worked out this time, and uh, if you communicate with your players, uh, it can work out just as well for you. So, Tommy, what was your favorite part? Aha!
2: My favorite part of the last episode as a GM was knowing that I was going to get to hit a specific beat, and letting and and having the patience to let. The story progressed naturally and then eventually hit it. Basically, after we were done recording the episode where Bumbles died, you had mentioned away from the table that you were pretty sure that Mouse was going to arrange the funeral. And that's how she was going to cope with Bumbles' death. And uh, that's pretty much all I had to go with. But it made me realize that I could do this really cool thing, which was... Leave Dan on the sidelines. Don't mention Bumbles being conscious at any point at all. And wait until the funeral was done. And then as soon as the last moment of the funeral happened, then go, Bumbles, you open your eyes which I was, like, really, really excited to do. And uh, and I had to sit and, and, and keep that in my pocket for a significant amount of the episode uh, because there was all this mourning going on and everyone was, like, dealing with stuff. And, like, we didn't really get to the funeral until a little bit later in the episode, uh, which is part of the reason why I told Dan, like, you're going to be sitting on the sidelines for a lot of this episode, but it's going to be worth it. And in my opinion, it was. Because hopefully, at least, like, for the listeners and, you know, the players at the table, like, having that moment where it's like... We sent him off. We turned him into ash and sent him off into space. Bumbles, you open your eyes. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) What about you? What was your favorite part?
0: Um, Speaking of wait, what? um, (laughs) My favorite part was the entire scene from the point of getting back from the funeral, seeing the package on the doorstep and being like really freaked out about it, arguing over whether we were going to open it or not. And then... Arguing, you know, kind of reaching the fever pitch with Bryn where it was like, we're going to fight, you know, because the team was kind of off balance, you know, because we didn't have the sort of like cool logic of Bumbles to like inject into this situation. And so everything was kind of spiraling out of control. And then Bumbles, who has been watching most of us, it was like, wait, what? You know, uh, in, in like the most Bumbles esque fashion ever, just like, yes, this is how I am now. And excuse me, what's happening. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and, uh, I just, I loved pretty much everything in that sequence of events. Um, my favorite moment, the culmination where Bumbles comes back.
2: That scene did have like a really, a really good momentum as it ramped up and then hit that punchline. Dan, Dan delivered by just being good old Bumble's, <laughs> being like, "Wait, what? No!" <laughs> but you do bring up a point we're we're right in the middle of that scene we kind of ended on a cliffhanger we don't know what's going on with this whole fight uh we don't know how you guys are going to react to bumbles being an ai uh so i think we should go ahead and move on in and listen to series five episode 17 home sweet home
1: enjoy
3: it started how it always starts new team new johnson new job Except this time, it was different. First the Runners, you got Mouse, tiny sweet girl, more than a little funny in the head, but that doesn't matter much considering she's the best and decker I've ever seen. Then there's Cashmere, about as green as they come, clearly out of his element, but when the cards were down that boy proved to be one hell of a mage. Then you have Bumbles, Elf, Dryad, uh, eccentric. If you're being polite, he commands an entire arsenal of drones with enough firepower to level a whole fraggin' city block. He's the kind of runner you hope you don't need on a job, but if you do, you're fragging glad to have him around. Then there's me, a big red oni named Boomer. My specialty is sneaking in, geeking anyone in the way, and as the leader of the group, keeping those three in line. Next, the Johnson. On the surface, sounds pretty straightforward. The next runner called, Pretty B. Fell off the grid a few years back, but I didn't ask why. I'm a professional. Not a line of work, people are entitled to their secrets. Weird thing was, he was paying his hand over fist to help people. I had his clearing out ghouls from the sewers and Redmond, for frag's sake. Like I said, weird. But it's not often you get a line of jobs with a little bit of honor in them. So I was on board from day one.
1: After a while, we earned Brin's, I mean Pretty bees trust, and he let us meet his employer, Lawrence Whitmore. Mr. Whitmore was the last genuine anti-establishment businessman, according to my friend, Doc. Publicly, Mr. Whitmore had retired a long time ago when he was like really young, but he didn't really. It was all a ruse, and in secret, he started shadow running against the corporations. When he got too old to keep running, he switched to being a Johnson and hired a team of runners to continue the work he started. But not us. We come way later. The runners he hired back then were Bryn's team. Bryn, his sister Enna, an elf named L'Oreal, and an adept named Jason Black. Bryn told us that all of them had died a long time ago, and that's why Mr. Whitmore was looking for a new team. And that's when he found us we could continue his mission to protect those who couldn't protect themselves, especially from the corporations. I learned from Doc that when you have the chance to do something good for somebody else, you should do it. So of course I agreed to help.
4: Unfortunately, no good deed goes unpunished, and no organization rises without inspiring a rival. Havoc 66 arose as a dark mirror to Whitmore and Bren's work led by a madman called Hellion. It didn't take long before Hellion found out about us, and we learned that there was quite a lot that Whitmore wasn't telling us. Like that Hellion was actually the not-so-dead Jason Black, the very one that used to run with Bryn. Hellion had turned on his old team, slaughtering them as he defected from Whitmore's cause, which we would learn much later was because he wasn't just operating alone. See, the funny thing about magic is those of us who are able to harness it are as much under its influence as it is under ours. Hellion had gotten into bed with the wrong kind of spirit. A toxic one. Uh, The spirit drove him mad, uh, desiring only destruction. It took Whitmore's anti-corporation agenda and uh, perverted it, uh, causing Hellion to see violence as the only solution. But before we had a chance to prepare for the coming onslaught, Hellion made his move, against the corpse and Whitmore. He broke into the estate and murdered Whitmore right in front of us. Then he stole Whitmore's personal shuttle, blasting off into space. as The Hellion had set into motion a series of events that gave him the opportunity to hit the corporations where it would hurt them the most.
5: Now the thing about AAA Corpse is they're much too big to take down. That said, they did put quite a few of their eggs in one basket. Zurich Orbital Station. The station is, was, a seat of power for the AAAs. The Matrix, their bank, and even the corporate court was housed there. Like I said, a lot of eggs in one nice mid-sized space basket. Hellion's plan was to take over the station and crash it on Seattle. Not quite an extinction-level event, but certainly a global catastrophe. Naturally the only reasonable thing for us to do was follow him up into space and stop him. Which we did. Sort of. We definitely took Hellion out, just not before he had done enough damage to the station to send it careening Earthward. But, with a little help from Mouse, we managed to make the whole space station rigger interfaced That's right, for a few glorious minutes, I was a space station. While rigged in, I had to break poor Zurich Orbital apart. It fell into the ocean in little bitty pieces, causing basically no damage at all. And we became global heroes. Except no one knows, because we're shadow runners, and the corpse would love to pin this on us. So we decided to lay low, in Whitmore's mansion. It was the only sensible choice. That's where we've been since then, keeping our heads down while Bryn lines up the next job.
6: And that's where I come in. This crusade Whitmore started is more than just a mission. It's my legacy. My name is Nim, and Lawrence Whitmore was my father. Whitmore sacrificed everything for his crusade against the corpse, including his relationship with my mother, L'Oreal. I never understood how he could just neglect us for his greater purpose. When I was old enough to join his team, he didn't offer, and I didn't ask. Some people would consider that a lucky break for me if they knew what happened next. When Jason Black murdered my mother, I faked my death and fled overseas. And it wasn't even hard, considering my ability to magically impersonate literally anyone I meet. I needed to start a new life as someone else. To get away from him and, well, everything. I never understood how important my father's mission was until after he died. And then, it was too late. It wasn't really a decision to come back to Seattle, it was... Something else, an, an imperative. I have to try to make things right, in whatever way I can. I returned to the manor and met Brynn's new team. And apparently the mage they've been running with, this cashmere guy, ended up just like Jason. He turned toxic, betrayed his team, and ran away. I can understand why they've had some trouble trusting me. It took me this long to start letting people back into my life after a toxic mage tore it apart. Hopefully, they're not as slow on the uptake.
2: The last time we left Crash 3.0, they were mourning the death of a member. Um, Bumbles had sacrificed himself in order to save all of the clones in the underwater base that housed Project Zoria. They told uh, everyone who knew Bumbles that he had fallen, and they had a very nice service in which they sent Bumbles' ashes into space. Um, and, uh, then they returned back to the manor to find a package sent to them by none other than Kashmir, an old member of the team who had turned toxic. Uh, they used every precaution when opening the package, uh, and found that it contained a data chip with a video on it, um, where Kashmir laid out that he has been working uh, to resist the Great corruptor, as much as possible so that he can ascense her one little bit at a time and find out uh, what her her true name is. Once you have a spirit's true name uh, you have control enough to uh, have the spirit do your bidding or even send it back to its astral plane and kill it there. Um, uh, kind of like a super banishing. The end of the video uh, indicated that Cashmere was being moved and he felt like he may be running out of time. So as a precaution, he uh, hid a copy of the formula that he had completed at the time of recording at a location enclosed in the video's file. He also said that this video would only be sent to Crash 3.0 if... He died. Uh, he had set it to, on an automated uh, delivery system linked to a biomonitor. Um, he trusts that if any team can get it done, it's Crash 3.0. So uh, after watching the video, Bryn immediately went to go wipe it, saying that it was obviously a trap and that there was no point in following it because it would just get more people killed. Uh, still reeling from the death of Bumbles, uh, Bryn didn't seem to heed the uh, pleas of the team when they were trying to convince him that it was worthwhile to investigate this lead. Uh, meanwhile, while all of that was going on, uh, Bumbles had a strange uh, afterlife experience. Um, where he was in some sort of world that was very similar to like a post-apocalyptic Mad Maxi type world uh, where uh, a mysterious stranger helped him escape um, uh, only to find out that uh, only to find out that he, Bumbles, has in fact become an e-ghost. A type of AI in the Matrix um, that Defies explanation, um, as far as origins are concerned, uh, but as far as Bumbles knows, he is himself, uh, just a Matrix entity, um, somehow dying, hooked up into that chair, possibly with, uh, holy water being splashed all over him. Bumbles apparently, uh, survived As an e-ghost. And the mysterious stranger who was helping him in this strange simulation. Was in fact Red Leader. uh, Who has pretty much revealed himself to be uh, an AI himself. Um, Bumbles saw through a camera feed in the medbay. The team fighting. And um, has just revealed his presence. Uh, You guys were in a very tense argument with Bryn. Looked like he was about to do it. Uh and then uh screen popped on and uh right after Bryn said, uh this is what Bumbles would do, uh Bumbles spoke up and Bryn shouts and drops the uh uh data chip and looks at the screen.
3: What do you guys do?
1: I scramble for the data chip and then
6: realize what happened.
3: I stare at the screen in stunned silence.
6: I also stare at the screen in stunned silence.
5: (laughs) I've got arms, yeah? I'm connected to, like, medbay arms. You are connected to uh,
2: two medbay arms, yeah.
5: All right, yeah. So I I wave both of them hello. Ah! And just, hey. Hi. How's it going? It looks like you might be having a bit of a rough time here. It seems... uh, What's up? I'm not dead.
6: I wanna ascend the, <laughs> the computer. Go ahead.
5: Uh, you don't have to roll for it. You
2: ascend. Uh, it is. It is just a blob of technology in the astral. But Mouse. What?
5: What is this? What are you doing?
1: I'm not doing anything.
6: Red leader.
5: What? No, he's not here. Wait, is he?
6: Wait. It's not funny. Is this? Could this be cashmere? Could this be from the dated chip?
5: I take offense
2: to that. <laughs> Bryn uh, steps back looking at looking at Bumbles and uh uh then he like reaches for like a uh, like one of the gurneys and like sits on it and goes into VR. Uh Bumbles, uh you're sitting there looking through like a uh, you're you're sitting there in that field of like weird, like neon turquoise, uh organic looking like Nodes almost like neurons that are connected through long chains all around you. Meanwhile, uh, these kind of like dust particles or like pollen, perhaps, that are like glowing little neon lights floating around. Uh, you're looking through into one of these nodes, basically, uh, seeing your team through a camera. Uh, and then in the matrix uh, nearby you, uh, appears Bryn.
5: Ah, hey. I, I'm here now. In the, I live in the. I'm a ghost. That's what Red Leader said. I'm a ghost. B- Bumbles.
2: Yeah. How and you guys, uh, as the team, can all hear this happening. You can kind of see it happening in your AR displays. What? How is this possible?
5: Uh. You got me. You you died. We we
2: sent your ashes into space. Aw. <laughs> That's
5: so sweet. Thank you. Yeah, no, I don't know. Um, I guess I was in, like, a brain-melting cyber chair, and it shorted out, and I, I was plugged into Red Leader, and he grabbed my brain, I guess? I don't... It, I asked some questions and he said the answers were complex and I don't get the Matrix, so I believed him. You uh, could ask him. Uh, Bryn drops out of VR, uh, sits back
2: up on the little gurney, and he goes, he's definitely an AI. I just, I, I just perceived him in the Matrix. There's a lot of weird code going on. I, I, I don't know. You said Red Leader. You
5: think Red Leader's an AI?
1: Red Leader's definitely an AI. I've been yelling at him for like four days.
5: He's been busy. We had to survive the wasteland with all those mutants. What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Is that not the normal Matrix? No. Okay. I guess, I guess that's good. Bryn looks suspiciously at the uh,
2: camera, or er, at the screen, and like grits his teeth and goes, I want to believe it. It's not that far-fetched an idea, he turns to the rest of the team. I, I actually, in my time, have met an e before, at least something claiming to be an e-ghost, and, and he, that man helped me quite a bit on one job. I, I trusted him, but I didn't know him personally, so I just kind of assumed I was working with a friendly AI. I've never met an e of anyone I knew
5: well, you have now. And I like hold the arms up, sort of Shrugging.
4: Tada! Ta <laughs> da!
5: <laughs> uh,
2: Bryn seems hesitant and then goes, If you're Bumbles. I am. Whitmore's journals.
5: Uh huh. Which ones?
2: The one you caught me reading when you came to check on me. Sure. You said you'd read it.
5: That's correct. I did. It's a good one. Some of them are rather dry. Think back to
2: line 42. He's talking about me uh-huh. as he was considering adding me to the team. Right. How did he describe me? Exact words,
5: please. <laughs> Fine. Bryn is cocky, reckless, but chock full of natural talent. Hopefully his sister can keep him in line.
2: Bryn, like, it looks like he, he's, like, about to fall back down into VR. He's, like, kind of, like, hit by that. And he goes
5: bubbles yeah so I've been saying that it's me I'm a ghost now I'm haunting the manor the, the matrix but <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think this is real guys
3: so he's a computer ghost
2: in a manner of speaking yes there's, there's uh, there, egos were first discovered after the first crash people who were plugged into the matrix and then supposedly got trapped there uh, there's no real consensus on what creates an e-ghost or if an egost is even who they say they are often uh people just assume a egos are rogue aIs pretending to be people but
5: they can No, usually, me and Ridley went over that possibility.
2: They they can usually be found out through not remembering everything that the person they're impersonating remembers. Uh, only bumbles is going to remember anything he read in those journals.
6: But he he doesn't have an aura. Uh,
5: Let's see. Um, Kashmir's car is in that dumb shack in the backyard because Boomer wouldn't let me scrap it for parts. Uh, There was that time you triggered an EMP and we fell out of the sky in my flying van and now there's wings on it because you only have to do that once to start planning for never again. Um I've put in literally three hundred and seventy requests for an Aries Garuda. All of those forms are filled out flawlessly.
2: <laughs> Bryn actually starts to laugh and there's like tears welling up in his eyes. He's like, Guys, I think it's Bumbles.
3: Uh Welcome back, buddy. Thanks. It's weird in here. So blue. It's, it's weird it's weird out here too. Well, I'm glad you're alive.
5: Yeah, I'm pretty thrilled about that as well. I was pretty sure I'd gone to hell, so it was a nice surprise to find out that I was just not dead.
3: Excuse me while I process this.
1: Um, so Red Leader brought you back?
5: Yeah, I was in, you know, sort of a desert hellscape.
1: Right, that was probably just like a manifestation of your subconsciousness. Sure, that's what
5: he said. <laughs> um, yeah, and he uh, rescued me and brought me to an oasis. I think the metaphor sort of breaks down there. Um, and he, he grabbed my brain when the chair melted it, and now I'm here.
1: Okay. I should probably go let him out of my room then, since he doesn't have arms anymore.
5: That would be good.
1: Um, Welcome back. What do you want to live in? I missed you.
5: Um, I missed all of you, too. Live in?
1: Yeah, well, you can't live here. I mean, you could live here, but it would be boring. I don't think that's what you would want. You have to live in a thing. He has to live in a thing, right?
2: I, I mean, m- my knowledge of AIs isn't extensive, but yes, they they do tend to have a device they call home.
1: Well, you can't live out on the open matrix. Someone will come and kill you.
2: It is very obvious when an AI is out on the open matrix. Yeah, you see. Oh away god, from am you. I there now? Maybe I think you're actually in the auto dock.
1: Yeah.
5: <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Where's can I? Hmm. Can I is my RCC on? Can I see it?
1: Oh no! Oh, um, hold on. I gotta. I just gotta go get it. It's in the hub. It's in the hub. I just. It's in the glass case. <laughs> oh, you put me in a glass case.
2: That's real sweet. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we had a funeral and everything.
3: Yeah, we. Uh, we sent your body into space. Figured that's what you'd want.
5: You figured right. That's very nice of all of you. Yeah, well, magnitude helped. Oh, I'm sure he was thrilled to launch something into space. He seemed to like it.
1: <laughs> um, I turn the RCC on. I don't know if you can see it or not. And then I run back up.
2: Yeah, uh, in the Matrix, uh, you, you see, like, another... Like, some tendrils from one node off in the distance start creeping out like like spindly becoming like thick cords as they reach out and form a new uh uh like node with a bunch of different uh tendrils stretching out to other ones uh and uh you can i just by like looking at it you intuitively understand like you, that's your rcc
5: there oh um hold on i'll be right back and i'll zoom into it Cool. You uh, you look over there, and your body bursts into into the, those
2: little like glowing, uh, flecks of like pollen and dust, uh, that are, like are just like little blue lights, and it spins around. Uh, you get that weird sensation of being in multiple places all at once, and then you, like, attach and soak into that node, and uh, and now you're standing in a what seems like a similar landscape,
5: uh, but you're in the RCC now. It's very small. The ceiling's quite short. This is uncomfortable. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm going to go somewhere else.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we can, we can get you a better RCC. That one is kind of middle of the road. I assume it's not graded to hold an AI. Uh,
5: but I thought I lost you. Yeah, I was pretty sure I was fucked also. Did you, did you get my letter? I did. Good. Oh, no. What are we going to tell Jerry? I think we can still tell him I was killed slaying the ghoul queen. And then I'll tell him I'm a ghost now. <laughs> because I can't pay him if I'm a ghost. I may need help from him. Right, right. He
2: probably has access to a drone that we could, we could use to make you not just have to operate out of a RCC. Interesting.
5: All right. Yeah. You let me talk to Jerry. I'll figure this out.
2: Okay. <laughs> we we got a, a, a message from Kashmir.
5: Yeah, I saw. And you were going to wipe it. That's not what I would do. I would read the whole thing and then figure it out. And then build a... Hmm, maybe not a bomb. A drone. A big drone with a gun. <laughs> I, I just... I didn't... it. I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's safe. Well, of course it's not safe. It's Kashmir. We should just try and stay far away from him. We've Right, and then find out that the world's ending on the news. Go ahead and roll negotiation. (laughs) Do I have any positive modifiers? I mean, yeah, you just came back from the dead, so let's say a plus six. (laughs) That's good, otherwise it's two dice. (laughs) That's three hits. Uh, Brin kind of sits there and goes, you're not going to let this go, are you? Listen, Bryn, I'm a ghost now. I don't think I can be killed. Um, our jobs weren't safe before. And you've sort of set, up, set us up as, like, good guys incorporated. If we don't do this, like, what's our mission statement? We handle it unless it's real big and scary. We went to space and then underwater. Underwater turned out not great. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, overall, um, this is what we do. Bryn kind (laughs) of
2: laughs and, like, wipes away a tear and goes, Yeah, it's definitely Bumbles. All right. Let's form a plan. We need to take a little time to prepare. But we can't take too much time because if what Cashmere said is true and he's died, then that probably means we're on a short timetable. So we need to get Bumbles a new RCC a drone body there's there's a few models i i can think of off the top of my head uh and and everyone just needs to prepare for the worst and and we need we need to we need to act on this and he like kind of like looks at like bumbles in the in his ar and is like and and then we'll figure everything else out after that
5: sure
1: if you want to stop hanging out in the auto dock, you can come in my deck for a little while. Okay. It's this one. Wee. Uh,
2: yeah, your AR goes all wonky. Yeah. And uh, you are at a minus five to do any matrix activity, as basically like your very ni- neatly organized like AR display of information that's constantly just like feeding you like intel all the time, just like bashes into like it just scatters as like bumbles just like appears in your ar ar
1: stop moving things
2: i'm not i swear i'm not stop it (laughs) (laughs) everywhere he goes it seems like your deck is like trying to move away from him. it's like oil and water and so like he just like he just like casually moves across your ar and like everything like turns off and
5: like and like shuts down or like glitches Mm -hmm. i'm just trying to sit down in this nice chair (laughs) you have very nice chairs in here
1: (laughs) Krethlin is probably like following you around like a little shadow. Yeah.
2: You're so you're inside. I don't know what the inside of your deck looks like. It's it's pretty standard, right? Yeah. Standard. Yeah, uh, so you're inside um uh it's so for you Bumbles it does look a lot like everything else you've seen. Uh kind of that um that weird Tapestry of like interconnected, uh, like organic looking nodes. Uh, but like you're walking around, you find like a node that looks comfortable and you sit on it. <laughs> uh, and like when you do, like it lets out like a little spurt of, uh, of like that kind of like glowing like pollen that's so weird that floats around and like kind of like absorbs into your body. And then you see, uh, like walking through this weird landscape, just a badger. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, looks at you and cocks its head sideways.
5: I cock my head as well. Then it walks
2: up to you and starts, like, sniffing you.
5: <laughs> I'll pet it. <laughs> uh,
2: so what do you guys want to do in preparation uh, to follow up this lead with Kashmir?
3: I'm going to approach Brynn and see about getting a radiation shielding cloak. Um, to protect me from that magic, and I'll look i I'll look ways as Frag. Uh,
2: yeah, actually, uh, radiation shielding cloaks for everyone seems like a pretty good bet. I'll I'll get those on order. Uh, you can see he's working in his AR in the uh, or he's working on the screens in the hub, uh, designing a uh, uh, a drone. It looks like um, uh, it's uh, it's labeled as a Sederkrupp Direction Secretary. Um, it's like a it's like a humanoid uh, like secretary drone. Um uh that can be heavily modified and Bryn is currently working on uh different modifications for the arms.
5: Uh can I help him with that? I assumed you were, yeah. <laughs> Good. Bryn's very, very smart, but his principles of drone design are crazy. Wh- why would you
2: need like a gra- what? Why would you need a grapple hand? Why wouldn't you need a grapple hand, Bryn? Uh sure, I mean Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is you're going to be operating in this thing, so we'll make it. We'll make it to your specifications, and then and then we'll call Jerry when we have the design.
5: Great.
6: Hey, Bryn. Yeah. Uh, Boomer mentioned something about cloaks with radiation shielding.
2: Yeah, I was going to get one for each member of the team.
6: Can I just give you my trench coat? I think Bumble's had some people that were pretty good at that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure Lockham and Grep... Oh my
2: god, we have to tell Lockham and Grep you're alive!
5: Uh, okay. Hold on. I want to practice. <laughs> I try and go to Lockham and Greps in the Matrix. Uh,
2: yeah, you drop out of the hub you, and then you're floating in that, in, in that open grid and, uh, you just think about Lockham and Greps, like, shop and, like, way down in the distance you see, like, one of those nodes kind of, like, glow and pulse with, like, this, like, light that's just like wah, 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 wah. and you think about going there and your body disperses into those little blue lights and goes swirling towards it, and uh you hit the node and like soak into it, and uh you're like sitting in a recreation of Lockham and grepp's shop it's it's kind of low end you know the the graphics are not very good uh and um uh like a little message pops up that's like uh welcome to Lockham and grep's uh like order online br- browse our catalog uh
5: is there a um is there like you know speak to a customer service representative
2: uh yeah yeah it's like contact uh or contact it now um uh you know and that and that feature is currently online a boop it
5: hello thank you for contacting Lockham and grep this is grep hey grep it's Bumbles, guess what? I'm a matrix ghost now, and I'm not dead. what who's this? Is this a prank caller? Bumbles
7: was very dear to us, and we do not appreciate hold you've...
5: on, I'm gonna like jump into something with a screen
7: <laughs> yeah uh, you you push through
2: that and and like you you're in like a video call like you open up the video channel basically and, and there you are a digital version of yourself.
5: Hey. I'm not, I'm a ghost now. I live on the Matrix. What? Lockham? What?
7: There's a Bumbles ghost on my screen right now.
5: (laughs) Bumbles ghost? Honey, Bumbles is dead now. Well, I was, but now I'm a ghost on the Matrix. Wait, what? Is this a prank? No, I'm a ghost. (laughs) They sit there and they both like in unison
2: scratch their heads and look at each other. Uh, Go ahead and roll negotiation.
5: (laughs) That's three hits. Bumbles? Is it really you? Yeah, it's me.
7: Oh! Oh! Lockum! Lockum, it's really him! He says it's really him! (laughs) Well, I don't understand it, but I like it. That was my thought, exactly. How can we help you, Bumbles? Oh, it's so good to say that again.
5: So, um, we need four, no, three radiation cloaks. Um, and my friend Nim is going to bring in her very nice trench coat. And if you can just plaster it with the best radiation shielding you can find, that would be great. Sure thing, Bumbles. Now, I send the bill to your friend... Yeah. Yes. You send the bill there.
7: (laughs) Because he's a ghost, I don't think... I know, I understand. Ghosts don't have money.
5: Exactly.
7: (laughs) It's nice of you to help your friends from the afterlife.
5: Thank you. It is. (laughs) Uh, And they get to work. (laughs) All right, I go back to the mansion.
6: Whee!
5: Uh, Nim, do you go to Lockham and
2: Grepps to... Drop off uh, your trench coat.
6: Yeah, um, I will go to Lockman Greps. Sarah, uh, how does DNI work with Bumbles now?
2: He's he's in it. You, I mean, you guys can have it's just like anything else. Basically, he has a direct neural interface to the matrix at all times, so at any point he can drop in and out of a DNI.
1: Okay. Plus, he's in our pan right now because he's living on my deck.
5: Right? Yeah, making life very hard for us.
1: Yeah. You're welcome, Bumbles.
5: You organize your pots and pans very weird in here.
6: Stop moving stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um so yeah, I will drop off my trench coat at Lockham and Grepps uh and then on the way back I will ping Bumbles in a private DNI. What's up? Wow, okay, this is weird.
5: I know, right?
6: Yeah. Um I just I'm I'm sorry. I feel like there, there should have been something that we could have done and I know I know you're back and that's great and I just wish that I'm just I just wanted to let you know that I'm sorry we couldn't do more.
5: Listen, Nim I appreciate everything you guys did trying to save me from the death chair. But really, that was my fault. I have a bad history with making bombs with Bunsen burners. (laughs) I thought I'd moved past it. Apparently not. Had I not tried to make something fun and complex, I would have a stupid meat body still. And presumably we wouldn't be having this conversation. So it's not your fault. It's my fault. And everything worked out okay in the end.
6: Uh I mean, yeah, I seems like it's okay. Um I'm I'm glad you're back for you, but I'm also really glad you're back for Britain. He's he's lost a lot of people and he doesn't deserve to lose more, but I don't think that anyone really gets what they deserve, in my experience. So I just... If Kashmir's anything like Jason, I think what we're going into is pretty dangerous. And I think you're right, we have to do it because it's just going to keep going. And if there's a chance at, for us to stop it, then, then we have to do that. But I don't know what's going to happen. So if you're still around, because I'm assuming radiation... Affects you less, hopefully. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure radiation can't kill me. Just take care of him, okay? Of course. You, you mean a lot. I, I think he'll be okay if you're still around.
5: Well, listen, it's always been my job to make sure everyone else is fine. So I'm just going to keep doing that to the best of my ability... Which I assume has improved now that I need not worry about a stupid meat body, and um, everyone's gonna be fine because I'm gonna make sure everybody's fine because I'm the Matrix now, as far as I understand.
6: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it, it's it'll it'll be fine.
5: We've survived worse. Well, most of us have survived worse. <laughs> Sorry, is that too soon? It's different for me, I think.
6: Uh, I mean, you're the one who died, so... <laughs> <laughs> if you're not bothered by it, then that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say here. Uh I've never had anyone come back before.
5: No, that makes sense. Most people don't, I assume. I don't know.
2: <laughs> uh Nim, you get back to the mansion, um... And, uh, um, uh, you, you know, you have like the radiation cloaks that Lockham and Grep gave you guys, uh, Bryn paid for the bill, um, and, uh, you hear Bryn down in the hub being like, no, Jerry, I need, I'm going to need you to overnight this one, all right? You're just going to,
7: Bumbles, can you talk to him?
2: Yeah, sure.
7: We <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know that, you know, you really... Sad about Bumbles, but I don't think that getting a drone to replace them is a good idea, Brynn. Jerry.
5: What? Jerry, it's not to replace me. I need a physical body to interact with the meat world now that I'm a ghost. Wait. Bumbles? Yeah. Huh? Listen, Jerry. What about
7: the ghoul queen?
5: I, I slew the ghoul queen, but with her death throes, she was able to kill me. And now I am a ghost because of HMHVV. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead and roll Khan. You can add uh, his loyalty to your (laughs) your roll. I'm going to edge that.
2: Okay. You do not have bad luck anymore. (gasps) So just go ahead and roll your edge like a normal person.
5: (laughs) Uh, That's three hits.
7: Bumbles. Hi, I'm so glad you're still well, maybe not alive, but it's great to hear from you, man.
5: It's great to talk to you too, Jerry
7: Uh, right so you you need a, a a a this drone body it has a lot of modifications, but I can probably make it all fall off the truck if you know what I mean
5: that would be great
7: right and 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 i I did tell your boyfriend that. You guys are still
5: together. I don't know how it works for a ghost. No, it's fine. Um, Listen, ghost powers are strange and unknowable. I won't try and explain them right, to you. Right, it's kind
7: of probably a personal question. I'm really sorry I overstepped my bounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So, it is going to be a little extra. I told you already, Jerry.
2: I'll pay any premium you need me to. I want this here tomorrow. Right.
7: Well, okay. I mean, I guess... Yeah, for you, Bumbles, I can do this.
5: Thank you, Jerry.
7: No, thank you, Bumbles, for reading the world of the Ghoul Queen. We've You've sacrificed so much for people, and they'll never know your story.
5: I know, Jerry. It's a true tragedy. But listen, with this drone body, I'll be able to slay the last of the Ghoul Princes and save the world forever.
7: <laughs> uh, ghoul Princes? Uh, what a... Wild tapestry of of terror, you wheel, you face, Bumbles. It's
5: truly horrific.
7: I've been wanting to ask you. I've been taking creative writing classes. Is it okay if I retell your story? And I'll change some of the facts and and no one will believe it anyways. But I know the truth.
5: Um, I turn to Bryn and just kind of shrug.
7: Bryn's like, beaming and is like, he shrugs too and is just, like, trying really hard not to laugh.
5: (laughs) Yes, Jerry. Chronicle our tales. Make sure the world knows what happened.
7: I'll be my honor, Bumbles. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I gotta get to work on stealing this drone.
2: (laughs) And, uh, he hangs out. And, And, uh, Bryn is just laughing, uh... Uh, and then, uh, pings the team and is like, okay, okay, I got, I got Bumbles' new RCC and drone on the way. It should be here tomorrow. What else do you guys need? I'm what's an- the, what's our plan going into this thing? Unfortunately, the coordinates are in Southern Puyallup, like Southwestern Puyallup. It's... A little bit out of my reach for the, uh, for the hub, so I can't really get much intel on the location. Uh, I
6: will send a message to Donnie and just say, I would like to buy all of your reagents. <laughs> <laughs> send them here.
2: All of them? That's going to be like six or seven K.
6: <laughs>
2: the, it's going to be a stock of like 250 reagents.
6: Yes, I would like to buy all of your reagents. Okay. There's <laughs> the money.
2: Uh, yeah, you send him, uh, he, he charges you 7000 for it. And then he, uh, he sends them uh, with his covert drone uh, that he delivers to you with. Uh, and now you have a lot
5: more reagents.
1: Get off my deck, Bumbles.
5: Fine. Wait a minute. I haven't been to the garage yet. Can you take Red Leader to the garage? I do need to fix him.
1: I put him back after you came back, so he's there. Cool. Whee! <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, you go back to the garage. Uh, uh, you jump into that node. Um, it's not really, like, well-designed. There's not, like, a, a strong um, structure to the Matrix, uh, like, metaphor there. So it's just, like, everything else you've been seeing um, kind of that like raw, uh, uh, strange landscape of the matrix. Um, but his drone is just kind of sitting there, uh, on the, one of the tables. Um, and you see the light go off on it. And then, uh, in the matrix next to you, you see that like orb of like data spinning around, uh, that is red leader in the matrix. And when he talks, he kind of glows a little bit and he goes, hello, bumbles. How are you faring with your, uh, transition into
5: a matrix entity? Uh, it, It's going pretty well, to be honest. So far, everything is great. Is there any way I can be of assistance? Well, I was actually going to get to work on that. I was going to repair your drone body. That would be much appreciated. Do you have any, like, requests?
2: I do not understand.
5: Well, I'm sort of, you know, I don't know if you can tell, and, like, all the arms in the garage sort of gesture around. I'm sort of a man of some means... Do you want anything different on the body that you inhabit most of the time? Whatever you see fit for the drone is the best. Okay, if you change your mind, let me know. Of course.
2: Moving forward, I would like to make my intentions clear. I am happy to be a drone. I have no grand intentions of growing in power. I have no ulterior motive. I simply enjoy being your drone. That's good to know. Insofar as I have comfort zones, it was a stretch for me to monitor your gestation as an e And, of course, if you ask anything of me, Bumbles, I will do it, to the best of my ability. However, I would hope that you could just see me as how you saw me before.
5: Yeah, I mean, you're a friend. In a drone. With a gun. Of course, Bumbles. <laughs>
2: However, perhaps I can help you with any questions you may have about how to function within the Matrix. I do understand you are a little uncertain on the topic.
5: Yeah, if maybe while I, um, you know, fix your drone body, you can just give me, like, living on the Matrix 101.
2: Of course, Bumbles. It would be my pleasure. And yeah, he kind of shows, as you're <laughs> fixing him up, he shows you the ropes on how to be an AI. <laughs> cool. Um, and you can tell very easily, like now that like, you know, as he teaches you and you kind of get a little more comfortable with your abilities as an AI, you can tell that, uh, uh, you are a much stronger AI than, uh, than Red Leader is. He is a very, very basic AI. He's really just a smart pilot program. Uh, is anyone else doing anything? Um, within a day, uh, uh. Bumbles body and AI or and RCC show up, um, and you guys generally like as Bryn is like figuring it out. You, it's, it's weird. Like he's he's like prepping you guys to like go and 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 possibly fight. You know, his greatest fear, a giant toxic mage. But like he's got like a pep in his step and is all smiling and very happy and and pleased that Bumbles is back.
1: Um. Oh, I guess with Bumbles' permission. I'll take Spot towards the coordinates a little bit to see if I can't get a little bit more information about the area and just kind of check it out in a little drive-by-esque thing.
2: Sure. Um, It is in probably one of the worst parts of uh, Puyallup, uh, very gang-ridden uh, and, um, it's only due to the, like, imposing figure of Spot that, like, no one really harasses you, but you are drawing a lot of attention just by driving around down there,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, because you don't belong, and Spot is a very nice vehicle, and everything in, th- in this area of Puyallup is very shitty. <laughs> um, but you can drive by the building, uh, that the coordinates lead you to, um, and it's, uh...
1: Oh, I don't think I would do that. Okay. Like... Go buy it directly because if somebody's in there like cashmere they'd recognize Spot. Sure, sure. So like maybe like a couple of blocks minimum. Okay. To uh, to like like so close enough to, to like sort of perceive it but not like be right in front of it. Are you
2: trying to check it out in the matrix or with your
1: eyeballs? In the matrix. And then I guess if there's like a way to send a Noisquito out or something with like Bumbles help. That would also anyone could have come with me.
3: I'll go with just in case there's trouble.
1: Yeah, you can send out a fly spy um,
2: uh, and um, it's a matrix perception for you mouse. And then uh, that's going to be at a minus four uh, due to just the general noise of Puyallup. Uh, The matrix is not very active around here. Um, and, uh, then a visual perception for both mouse and boomer, uh, to kind of get an idea of this thing from a distance. Uh, that's going to be at a minus three. Four.
1: Um, that's six hits for matrix perception.
2: Okay. You get a very, very good, uh, scope of, uh, the matrix landscape around here. It's very barren. Uh, and specifically, like that building that you're trying to scan doesn't seem to have any matrix entities whatsoever. Uh, it doesn't, like, have an internal host. It's not even, it doesn't even have devices running on it. Uh, at least not wirelessly, so.
1: Okay.
2: Um, you do pick up, like, a couple comlinks. You pick up, like, one smart link gun uh, not too far from here and a couple vehicles. Um, but yeah, it's it's all. It's all very like low device rating stuff and scattered very far around. Seems like most of these buildings are in fact abandoned or being squatted in by people who don't have that many matrix devices. And uh, what did you guys get for your physical perception test? Four, three, okay. Uh, so you guys are able to kind of get an idea of like what this building is like. It's like three stories tall. It's like split down the middle. like the right half of it has caved in, uh, seeming it looks like just by like deterioration and water damage. Um, it is raining right now. Uh, you know, standard like acid rain, uh, like mixing with the ash of uh, of uh, Mount Rainier. Um, uh, that's like kind of just making this like gross ashy muck on the floor um and it just by like looking at it um mouse i believe you have uh, a knowledge skill that would allow you to uh tell like that cave in is mostly because this building is is like old enough that it can't really handle acid rain that much um so it it seems like half of its caved in looks like it caved in a long time ago um doesn't seem to have like any cameras out or anything anything like that stands out. It really just looks like a broken down, abandoned building.
1: Actually on the corner of the street, um, maybe like down a little ways, but enough so you can still see like the front of the house. Is there like street lamp or something like that?
2: Uh, I mean, yeah, there's probably a street lamp. Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. Um, so I have a little camera. Okay. Um, if I, Either connect it to like a metalink or like a data tap, and I kind of like hide it like under.
2: And unless you want to link it to a satellite uplink, which would be a little more obvious than what you're looking for, or a little more conspicuous than what you're what you're intending to do, uh, you're gonna you're gonna suffer a pretty healthy amount of noise.
1: Yeah, I don't have a satellite link um, on me, so yeah, I think I'll do that and is there a way that i can like hide it so like no one will come steal it
2: um
3: may i
2: yeah it seems like it seems like the the easiest thing or the most important thing uh is just not to be seen putting it there okay um it's hard to say how many people may be in the buildings around uh due to the spotty matrix and the fact that like they might just not have comlinks or something mm-hmm. uh, along those lines um so it seems like just stealthily putting it there should do the trick cuz there's not much foot traffic around here.
1: Yeah, okay. Um
3: allow me.
1: Thank you.
2: Go ahead and roll, sneaking,
3: Boomer. 7.
2: Uh yeah, Boomer uh uh moves along underneath some of the buildings, actually crawls through some of the broken down buildings. Um, leaving as little a uh, trace of himself in the m- ashy mud of Puyallup, uh and then uh, gets to the street lamp and kind of like plants the camera there for you and makes it back to spot. No one seems to call out to him or, or try to interact with him or anything like that.
1: Okay. I think that's pretty much all I have to do. Do you have anything, Boomer?
3: Not really, unless there's some magic anti-spirit bullets um,
5: so uh while boomer and mouse are out doing recon i'm at the mansion you know getting used to my drone body i sort of pop out the cyber pistol and i'm like oh this is cool i have a gun now <laughs> i have an idea um hey nim yeah um so i don't need this anymore and i hand her the pocket swarm Sure, the one that uh, that custom design from Jerry. Yes. Uh, so, just make sure when you throw it, you um you turn it on. But if you leave it off, it'll just look like a tablet.
6: What is it?
5: It's a very big gun and a bunch of fly spies to help it target. So if you get in a jam, you can chuck it, and then I can shoot whoever's trying to kill you.
6: Oh. Oh, wow. Thanks. Yeah, that's uh, that would be really helpful.
2: It's it's worth noting that when he came in to talk to you about this, Nim, uh, (laughs) Bumbles was a drone. He's he's uh, he's gotten into into a humanoid uh, uh, drone, which uh, has been custom ordered to have more or less the same dimensions as as Bumbles as far as like height and like uh, general frame um but is like you can see like pistons and stuff that make up like the like mechanics for his neck to be able to like turn and move around uh his hands are are, are um uh like plated in metal uh his his face um is kind of like uh flat and expressionless except for uh, two little uh uh like um illuminated eyes uh in the in the in the center of it um and then like there's like two slits on the side that are his ol his olfactory sensors. And uh the the it's just a a clean like he doesn't have like fake hair or anything like that. He's not made to look human at all. He definitely you're talking to a a, a walking like android that is Bumbles. <laughs> And he's also wearing a suit. He's wearing the suit that you guys put in the glass case. It fits him perfectly because Bryn made sure to order a uh, a direction secretary that matched your dimensions.
6: Also, I have a question. Sure. How good is your Austrian accent?
5: Um, not? I don't know. I'm not, I guess I've never tried.
6: Just reminded me of an old trid.
5: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You have to show me this (laughs) trick.
6: Yes, yes.
2: All right, you guys watch Terminator 7
5: together. (laughs) Oh, you're right. It is the same. I'm him now.
6: (laughs) So here's what you do. When you next walk into the hub, um, when you talk to Brynn, when you're leaving, you tell him that you'll be back. But with an Austrian accent.
5: I like this. This is good.
2: So, uh, also during this time, uh, Bumbles, you, you can, uh, uh, work on making this new RCC your home as an AI. You can sculpt the interior of this, uh, like basically the, the perceived interior of this device to be whatever it is you want, uh, di- unless you really want it to just be that weird floating sea of like neurons.
5: I do not. <laughs> um, so I make... I make uh Bryn and mine's bedroom with like an attached study. It's, it's like rooms from the mansion that are my favorite. And then at any point I just sort of reach into the air and pull a switch down and it turns into like a mech cockpit for a fight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh,
2: yeah. You kind of recreate the mansion. You can even make a, make the grounds if you want to like, you know, retain the walk to the garage
5: Mm, I'll have to think on that one.
2: Um, but like outside the windows or if you go out, out, if you do make it like a mansion with an exterior like grounds, um, any anything outside of this, like outside the windows or beyond the grounds or up in the sky, you do see that like web of like uh, of weird organic looking nodes connected to each other by tendrils. Um, and like, you know, a very it's always like a gentle snowfall of those little blue lights uh, outside the windows. Cool. So it's been about uh a day and a half uh with you guys getting that recon um what is your what is your plan moving forward? Uh you all have radiation cloaks. Um Nim your trench coat has been uh modified to have radiation shielding as well. Uh Bumbles you are now a
5: drone man. <laughs> uh
1: so I don't I don't necessarily have anything.
5: Um, I would like to give the video footage uh, an, another once-over just to see if there's any information that can be gleaned beyond what Kashmir says and the uh, the coordinates.
2: Yeah, go ahead and roll a perception test. Um, have I regained
5: my edge from talking to Jerry? Yeah, it's been a day,
2: so you guys... Anyone who spent one point of edge has it back at this point. Uh, Okay, I'm going to edge that then.
5: Okay. That's three hits. Okay. Um, You
2: can assume that uh, the... Like, you saw that trickle of water down one wall... ...behind Kashmir, and in between the videos it looked like it may have gotten just slightly worse. So given the inherent, or the perceived, like, water damage from the, like, cave-in of this building, you imagine that, like, uh, you imagine that um, the leak you saw is probably caused by that. Which uh, further further, uh, enforces the idea that he recorded this uh, probably in the basement of that building. Um, But that's that's about all you got there. Uh, it definitely doesn't look like there's like no windows or outside light. So you definitely are pretty sure it's subterranean where he where he was recording.
5: OK, I don't know what else we can do to gain more information. If Someone else has an idea. I'm certainly open to uh,
6: it. When we're close, but not there yet, I do want to have them stop the car and sense the building before we get too close to it.
2: Sure. Um, yeah, you guys drive out in the Barrens. You, Mouse and Boomer, you guys don your radiation cloaks, uh, Bumbles, and- uh, your suit has inherent radiation shielding and Nim, your, your, uh, coat has radiation shielding. You guys gear up. Yep. Bo- Boomer, uh, what armor are you taking out for this, for this win- spin?
3: My good one.
2: You're going, you're going outside in the mil-spec armor?
3: Yeah.
6: <laughs> hey, Boomer. What? I just I need you to pretend like you have a a sore throat, and I need you to say, "I am the knight." It's it's a it's from an old trid.
3: <clears throat> I am the knight.
6: That was really good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you guys are getting ready to go, and Brynn like talks to all of you guys. You know, he's like, "All right, uh, keep on comms." Um, like I said, I can only I can't really reach that far with the hub it's kind of in one of my dead zones um so uh i'll try to help as best i can um uh send any backup if needed uh bounce off spot or the mark six i mean yeah that's kind of my intention going going in cool
6: i'm gonna give Brent a hug before we leave
2: he hugs you back and then uh uh he looks at bumbles robot body and hugs you in in the matrix
5: <laughs> yeah i uh yeah we hug and i kiss him in the matrix <laughs> yeah there's
2: just oh. a moment where Bryn uh, or where brin and bumble's kind of like look at each other and do some and hug and kiss in the matrix and then uh he gives mouse a hug and then he gives boomer a handshake
6: <laughs> Bryn and bumble pull- sitting in the matrix <laughs> K-I-S-S. I don't know how to make that rhyme.
3: Uh, when, when he gives me the handshake, I pull him in and give him a big old hug. Uh,
2: he hugs you back, and then he steps back and goes, All right, remember, if it, if it seems like
5: a trap, you guys come back. You get out of there.
3: we Will do.
5: And uh, you guys head out. Yeah, and uh, as I'm leaving the cave, I turn back to Bryn. And I look in with my cold, dead robot eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, I'll be back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Bryn just face palms and goes,
6: Okay, thank you. <laughs> then burst out laughing. Um, Two thumbs up.
3: So, on, on the way there, I'm going to explain the basic tactics that. I've known, but haven't bothered to share for whatever reason. (laughs) I'm going to explain how a diamond formation can be used to help prevent uh, any surprises. And I would like to roll for diamond formation once we arrive.
2: Sure thing. Uh, As you get there, Boomer gives you guys a little bit of a a rundown on some small unit tactics uh, to hopefully uh, make your your, uh, infiltration a little more efficient. Um, and, uh, yeah, you guys get down, uh, takes a while. Uh, it's still raining. You're driving through this gross sludge, uh, and you get to, uh, uh, to the building. What do you guys do?
3: I'm going to set up our formation. Okay. Everybody roll intuition.
2: Yep. Everyone roll intuition. Uh, Boomer, you are the primary on this. You're trying to achieve four successes.
6: One hit.
5: Uh, that's two hits.
3: Oh, sweet! I got two hits myself.
2: You get seven more dice to roll, Boomer. Yep, hit it. All right, you got four successes.
3: That is right.
2: All right, you guys drop into a classic diamond formation. Uh, Boomer's at the forward mo- most point of the diamond. I don't know who the rest, uh, who left, right, and back is.
1: Traditionally, it's been me.
2: Okay, Boomer in the front, Mouse in the back, squishies in the middle. Uh, <laughs> Nim to the left, uh, Bumbles to the right. Um, you guys kind of like move as a unit. Uh, uh, you guys are fast learners as you approach. Uh, you all are going to benefit from plus one bonus to any surprise checks and uh, plus two to initiative rolls if it comes up.
6: I'd like to sense the building before we're anywhere near it. Sure, sure.
2: Go ahead and roll that.
6: That's three hits.
2: There doesn't seem to be any, uh, like, astral presence around here. Just going into the astral around here is, like, gross. No one's happy in Puyallup. This is a bad neighborhood for Puyallup. You guys are in, like, the worst of the worst of one of the worst places in Seattle. Um, So, like, you get this, like, feeling of, like, despair and survival at any means and like no attachments. Like you just get this, like this very cold cynical view, like feeling of life, uh, just being here in general. Um, when you're looking at the building, you don't see any mana barriers, no astral signatures. Uh, uh, you don't see any spirits floating around. Um, it seems
5: pretty clean.
6: So weirdly clean. That's odd, right? Yeah.
5: I'm going to give this building as thorough a once-over as I can with uh, some fly spies. Sure. And just have them see what they can.
2: Cool. Uh, You guys are moving down like an alleyway, getting closer, and a few fly spies branch out from Bumbles' pockets and zip ahead of you guys. Uh, Go ahead and roll a perception test. And anyone looking through the camera feeds can roll a perception test out of minus uh, two. Uh, since you're not controlling where the fly spies are looking, but you might see something that Bumbles misses on the screen.
1: You're negative.
2: Uh, that's full hits. All right. Uh, four hits for Bumbles. Seven. Seven for Mouse. Three for Nim. Three for Nim. One.
1: It's hard to keep your head on a swivel when it's stuck inside a mech suit. <laughs>
2: so uh you guys are all watching the feeds uh the fly spies go in it seems like the interior that isn't completely collapsed of this building uh is um just a line of a few uh a few like small crappy apartments um just for good measure bumbles peaks up upstairs clears the upper levels doesn't seem like anyone's squatting here looks like maybe some people have squatted here before but uh bumbles with like your four successes it's very easy to tell like they haven't been here in a while um like there's leaks that don't show any sign of like being moved around by by anyone like walking through them like mud patches that are just like clear no footprints um and you guys get uh or and then some of the fly spies go down to like the lower level and like are are like kind of scanning around there um and out one point um when he's uh one of the fly spies is like scanning a building or scanning a room it's like a small like shitty studio um it starts to go away and uh, mouse you notice uh, there's a seam on the floor that looks like probably like a hidden hatch
1: okay i highlight it in everyone's
6: ar bingo i'd like to cast increased reflexes sure force four yes force four are the lights on in this building?
1: No,
2: there's probably no electricity in this building. Oh, okay. Two hits. Two hits. All right. So your initiative, your static initiative, goes up by two nim, and you get one extra die to roll when uh, initiative happens. Uh, as you, uh, as you kind of like touch the the bracelet that is your uh, your sustaining focus, and uh, uh, kind of like just shoot a little bit of energy in there.
5: Um, how'd you do with the drain?
6: I resisted to the drain.
5: Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so the fly will backtrack once they've done their sweep and rejoin the swarm, which um, sort of stays back from us probably once we're inside, sort of watches the door so we can continue stealthily. Sure.
2: Um, everyone roll sneaking for me.
6: Four hits for Nim.
2: All right.
5: Uh, that's two hits.
6: Four hits.
2: Okay. Nine hits. And nine for boomer. Uh bumbles, it is a little you you were never really good at sneaking in your meat body, and you're still adjusting to this uh to this walker. I mean, you're very good at piloting things and you are jumped into this thing right now, but and it should be really intuitive because you're jumped into a thing that's shaped like you. Uh, but it's just a little bit different and it takes you a little bit of time getting used to it. Um, but luckily, uh, your, your like fumbles and stuff are covered up by like the team, like, you know, like Boomer, like leans back and like gives you like support. So you can like kind of grab onto his shoulder and use and like follow him by like just holding onto his shoulder. Um, and you guys move in your diamond formation, uh, into the house and towards that room. Uh, and you're standing above uh this this hatch, which like now that you're looking at it, you can see a little bit more clearly.
1: Is there a handle?
2: uh there is not anyone can roll locksmithing to try and figure out how to break into this hatch.
3: Allow me five
2: all right, boomer. you're able to like kind of like press down on the on the hatch and like slide it. Um, it has like a panel basically that you, that you slide open revealing a, um, a mechanical lock and you can try and pick that lock.
3: All right. Uh, auto picker.
2: Yeah. You can use the auto picker Four. so, uh, yeah, you, you are, it takes you a little bit of time, but with your auto picker, you're able to, uh, get that satisfying little click as you're pretty sure you've got it, and there's a there's a handle that you can you can grasp. There's like kind of like just enough for like a finger to fit through, and you can stick a finger through there and lift this hatch up.
3: I do so quietly, and I have my rifle ready, pointed down into it. Okay, it
2: creaks just slightly as you're lifting it up, but you're doing it as quietly as possible. You set it down very gently on the floor, uh, and there's um, a steep staircase down to a subterranean kind of hallway.
6: I'd like to ascense again. Sure, go for it.
2: Two hits. Okay, uh, so you ascense, um, uh There doesn't seem to be a mana barrier uh, leading down. Uh, however, you do while ascensing, like, just looking straight down those stairs, kind of to this hallway, uh, which is, like, barely lit um, uh, in the mundane, you can kind of see in the astral, a little bit of like a glow um and you just it's like you're like it doesn't attack you or anything like that but it's like unpleasant you you sense that like this magic down here has been tainted
6: does it feel like residue or does it feel like
2: a trap it feels like a background count yeah it feels like residue um, so you're, you're pretty sure like going down there, it's going to be harder for you to achieve things in the, uh, magically just because the, ma- the mana down there has been so tainted. Uh, and it does have that taste and feel of like what you sensed in Kashmir's bedroom.
6: Oh, uh, that's dank. Ugh. I
5: will call the swarm closer and break off a few fly spies to you down and check it out.
2: Okay. Uh, Go ahead and roll uh, perception test.
5: Uh, That's two hits.
2: Okay. Two hits for Bumble's perception test. What about everyone else? I had four.
6: One for Nim. Five hits.
2: Okay. So going down this hallway, it doesn't seem to have any offshoots or anything. It it leads to one room. Um, Part of the hallway is kind of caved in. There's like earth uh, like muddy earth like piled up there um uh and you go in and uh uh, the fly spies uh reach a door which is cracked open and they can kind of like move on in there and you see uh a very flat hard single mattress uh bed um and um like pretty much nothing else in here uh uh in like the corner You guys see, like, a broken, burnt-out Comlink, link, um, and you you see uh, a leak on the wall. Uh, This is definitely the room that Kashmir uh, recorded the video you saw. Um, And there doesn't seem to be anyone down here. And then as the fly spies are, like, kind of coming back, um, Mouse, you get a glimpse of movement in the hallway. Uh, You're not sure exactly what, uh, but something, like, scurries into one of, like, the cracks of the walls.
1: Can I play it back?
2: Uh, yeah, you can re- rewind and try to get a look at it.
1: Yeah, can I do that?
2: Yeah, uh, anyone have parazoology? I do. Go ahead and roll that now that mouse has frozen the frame on, uh, on that one, uh, that kind of blurry image of something.
5: That's no hits.
2: Okay, you're not sure what it is. The image is really fuzzy. It's dark. Uh, you guys are able to see that it's about a meter in size um but like it like scurried really quickly inside one of the cracks and you're not exactly sure uh, maybe that was like a distortion of the image or or that's actually the size of it can
1: we discern how is. many legs it has
2: uh no the it's too it's too quick of a blur uh the
1: does it appear to have hair
2: possibly it's just like a dark blur Whenever. you see <laughs>
1: <laughs> where downstairs
2: yeah downstairs uh in the hallway leading to the room Cashmere recorded in
3: well, that's gross. I don't know what it is, but that's gross. That's All right. I think it's clear enough to go in other than whatever the frag that was.
5: If we discount that thing, yes, it's clear to go in.
3: <laughs> All right. Let's move in.
5: Okay. You guys creep on into the hallway.
2: Um, as you get down there, um, uh, your biomonitors from the PyTAC... Uh, give you a little bit of an alert saying moderate radiation levels detected. Um, and it gives you a basically a timer saying um, uh, due to these levels of radiation, if you were to hang out here for like 10
3: hours, you guys would start to die. That's not great. We've got some protection. We'll be OK.
6: Yeah, I don't really want to be down here for very long. So let's just find this thing and get out. Agreed. This is gross. Guys, you don't know how gross this is, but it's really gross down here. It's, like, really, really gross. We all here.
5: saw the thing, Nim.
6: No. It's, okay, yeah, but it, don't worry about it. Uh,
2: yeah, as you guys creep down the hallway, I assume you're keeping an eye out for that thing. Yeah. Uh, so everyone can roll a perception test. Um, uh, if you want to do a visual perception test, you're going to roll at a minus four. If you want to do an audio perception test, you're gonna roll out a minus two uh and NIM if you want to a sense there's no um there's no penalty save for uh the background count save for feeling disgusting which now that I think about it <clears throat> uh the background count down here is uh which now that I think about it, the background count down here is minus six uh, what's the minus for
1: for audio? I mean, for a visual, is it foggy or is it because it's dark?
2: It's because it's dark and this thing's in a wall, so.
1: Oh, okay, cool. So, will my infrared glasses help? Yes.
2: Yeah, if you want to look at it through infrared, uh, that will probably negate all of the penalties.
1: Okay.
5: I have robot eyes. Do they do that? No. You didn't.
2: You didn't get that implanted in the uh, in the eyes. That's a mod. They don't just. It's robot eyes.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Three hits for Nim. And were you for audio perception?
3: Okay. Four hits visual.
6: I also got four hits on visual.
3: Okay.
5: I got no hits as I cursed Jerry for not thinking to put. Thermographic vision on my robot eyes. (laughs) What's the point of robot eyes if they're not better than regular eyes?
2: (laughs) You guys creep as stealthily as you can past this like caved in part of this uh, uh, hallway. And you're kind of creeping around the debris, being very, very cautious as you do. Uh, Nothing seems to come out. Nothing seems to happen. You guys kind of clear that. And then you keep moving along. And I need everyone to roll reaction and intuition for
3: me. If it's a surprise test, do we get the plus one?
2: It it sure is a surprise test. And so due to your diamond formation, you guys all all get a plus one to this. All right. What did everyone get?
1: I got a four. Two hits for Nim.
2: Okay. I got four. Okay. Um, So that means everyone... But Nim is not surprised.
6: <laughs> what is that on the wall? How did he get it up so high? Uh
2: Yeah. Uh she's too busy feeling even though she's not like fully sensing right now, she can just taste how gross the like astral is down here. Yeah. It's it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 like super tainted and it's like It's not just like the, like, it's not like creepy weird either. It's like there's, there's like violence and and, uh, malevolence uh, to this uh, astral. And it's like, it, it feels just like, like the perpetual hair standing up on the back of your neck. Like you think that someone is like breathing down your neck right now. Uh, And so you're looking in all the wrong places. Um, uh, So everyone really quick roll initiative for me. Uh, you all get a plus two to this. Uh, however, Nim, uh, you also drop down ten in initiative for being
5: surprised. Mm.
2: Did anyone get above 25?
7: Yes. I did.
2: All right. Uh, Bumbles, what did you get?
5: Uh, I got a uh, 26. Okay. Mouse? 29. Bo- Boomer, what did you get?
3: 21.
2: And Nim, what did you get after uh, after your modifications for being surprised? Nine. <laughs> <laughs> So before initiative fully gets into place because you guys were surprised, Mouse and Nim, uh, you both get attacked. Nim, because you are surprised, you do not get a defense test against this. Um, Mouse, you can roll a dodge test.
1: I guess I'm going to edge that.
2: Okay. Eight. Okay. uh, So, Mouse, you are taking up the rear. And so, due to the instruction from Boomer, you're really kind of, like, for the most part, walking backwards, uh, keeping a, keeping an eye on behind. And you are watching those cracks, because you know you saw something go in there. And then there's a, a, like, bit of a shift of part of the debris. And then scurrying up along the wall and onto the ceiling and at you guys uh, is one creature. And another scurries across the hall and, like, goes to the the... the part where the wall meets the floor and scurries along that seam towards Nim Uh, you see about a meter in height sized uh, two creatures about a meter in height um, black furry bodies um, uh, four legs that are long and spindly like a spider's Um, and uh, kind of a flattened, almost spider-like body, Um, but the head is that of like a rat but the the rat head is like the mouth is split open into like uh, into uh, mandibles and and, like shark-like teeth or shark-like rings of teeth Uh, these two glow rats come flying at you guys, scurrying at super high speeds uh, and they both spit acid at you guys
7: not again. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Mouse, you are able to scream and uh, duck.
2: <laughs> as the acid uh, hits the floor behind you, and you can hear it like sizzling and, and, and uh, bubbling. Um, and Nim, uh, you get hit. Um, I'm going to need you to roll a damage resist test uh, at a minus four.
6: Three hits. Three hits.
2: Uh, You take eight physical damage um, as this corrosive spit hits you in the chest and starts burning you instantly. You have flashbacks to the acid arrow that hit you before. Why is
6: it always acid?
2: (laughs) Uh, It is on your hands a little bit. Um, And then as it like touches you, you feel your stomach turn as you like breathe in the fumes. And I'm gonna need you to roll body and willpower. One hit. Okay. You take nine stun damage. You are instantly um, uh, disoriented and nauseous. So you are at a minus two as the room starts spinning and everything gets distorted and up is down. uh, And you start to fall down as you also are hit with a huge wave of nausea. Um, You are now incapacitated, uh, unable to take any actions for three combat turns except vomiting. <laughs> uh, oh god! In addition to that, all of your um, uh, all of your wound modifiers are doubled. <sighs> so Nim basically doesn't have initiative anymore. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but Mouse, uh, you are up.
1: <laughs> I would like to gift Bumbles five initiative.
2: Okay, puts you down to. 24, and Bumbles up to 31. Bumbles, it's actually your turn.
5: Okay. Um, Tell me how much of this I can accomplish. I would like to grab the pocket swarm out of Nim's jacket, chuck it into the air, and then tell the entire swarm, including the pocket swarm, to shoot these things. Simply
2: grabbing it and throwing it counts as two simple actions. Uh, So you wouldn't be able to command it, but you could deploy it. Definitely.
5: But I could also grab it, tell the swarm that's already deployed to shoot these things.
2: Yeah, you could definitely grab this, uh, grab the pocket swarm out of Nim's jacket and then give the command to Red Leader and the rest of the swarm standing by upstairs, uh, to zip down into this hallway and get involved. I do that. Okay. Uh, so Bumbles gives the command and, um, uh, reaches down, uh, opens up. Nim's jacket, you have to kind of like...
5: I also like put my metal drone body between her and the Glow Rats. Sure, sure. Um, Well, you kind of got one
2: above and one to the right, so you can pretty much just get in the one that spit at her. You can definitely get in the way of that. I do that. Uh, And uh, the swarm with Red Leader comes zipping down. Uh, Which one do you want them to shoot at?
5: I guess the one I'm blocking from Nim. Okay. Yeah, that one. Uh, Go ahead and roll their attack. Casual. Uh, that's seven hits. Uh, you get six net hits. How much damage? That's 21 physical damage at minus
2: eight armor piercing. These things are terrifying, and they're huge. They're huge, spider-like, acid-spitting rats. But they're still rats, and the swarm makes short work of that one, just pasting it up against the wall before it can even scurry away, like, into a crack or anything. Mouse, it's your turn.
1: Okay, um... I am going to leave these to the boys. <laughs> um, and I'm going to grab Nim by her trench coat and pull her down the hallway. Sure. However far that is. And then, um, can I treat her like nausea or, or vomiting?
2: Can I? Uh, Yeah, if you want to treat her symptoms, uh, you can do that with a first aid test. Uh, You won't be trying to heal any boxes of damage, but you will be trying to reduce her disorientation and her very, very apparent vomiting. (laughs) On it. Uh, The conditions are not great. Sure. Uh, Not only are you in combat, um, but it is dirty and she is vomiting everywhere. (gasps) And it's dark. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? So you're going to be rolling first aid at a minus five before bonuses from your med kit.
1: You're going to be fine, Nim. Just, you know, don't... <gasps> no. Mm, <laughs> just stop it for... Uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, that's five hits.
2: Okay. Uh, so um, you, you take ginger care not to touch the substance that it spit on her yourself. Um, and you also manage to avoid most of the vomit, uh, as you pull out your auto-doc, have it kind of scan the substance, and then it, like, protrudes a little needle, uh, for you to administer, and you stick it, uh, stick it in her neck, and, uh, hit her with, like, an antidote, and, uh, yeah, Nim, uh, you, um, your, your stomach immediately settles, and the world kind of rights itself, so now you're just in excruciating pain.
6: (sighs) Oh, God.
3: Uh, Boomer, it's you. I'm going to shoot at the other one. Just a quick long burst to make sure it doesn't get away. Yeah, you do
2: see that it's already starting to scurry away to try and uh, dive back into it. its, like, hidey hole in the wall. Uh, and go ahead and take your shot. I got two. Uh, you succeed with one net hit. Uh, how much damage is this thing resisting?
3: 12 physical, minus six armor.
2: Uh, yeah, this thing... Uh, is scurrying along the ceiling, uh, and it like kind of like creepily like l- l- moves onto the side, and is like spiraling around the hallway to try and like not be hit. And you kind of follow it in a in a circle. Uh, it tries to make its way into the um uh, into the hole, but you shoot off one of its legs, and it falls and like tries to scramble, uh like bleeding this like gooey black ichor, uh as it like tries to make its way back in. But you pfft, pfft, and uh, you kill it dead and it dies with a screech. And you guys are out of initiative.
1: Cool. I'm going to try and heal some of these hit boxes for Nim. Patch up the hole in her chest.
2: Sure. The conditions, it's very, very dirty and dark, so you're at a minus three.
5: I'm very good at assisting with first aid. Please let me hold your flashlight.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> hand in my flashlight. Just point it right there at the big hole.
2: Bumbles grabs the flashlight and the entire swarm folds up behind him and all the keto's turn on their lights. So you have like stadium lighting. Ah!
6: Too bright! Too bright! (laughs) I scan it back. Radiation. It was supposed to be radiation, not acid. Why is it always acid?
2: Uh, I'm as helpful as usual. Okay. He's holding that flashlight real good.
1: (laughs) Cool. I got seven hits.
2: Nim, you heal up five stun damage. Uh, You can roll again to heal up her physical damage. Uh... You basically hit her with some stims, um, and uh, she like picks up a little bit. Um, uh, you you like even fold out the uh, the pocket respirator that's attached to the autodock to like give her like some fresh air, so she's not breathing in the fumes from this corrosive spit. Um, and now uh, you start scraping away the uh, the spit, being very careful not to touch it, to try and treat those wounds um, as she is burned. Can I assist with this? Sure. I'm 40 percent more helpful I got two hits all right uh, you get two extra dice mouse as bumbles uh, realizes he can touch this yeah this body doesn't feel pain <laughs> um, well it's not like so acidic at this point as much as uh, as much as it's toxic so he's able to scrape away some of the toxic sludge with his metal hand because he is immune to toxins and pathogens
6: ah uh, that hurts
2: well yeah it's acid <laughs> <laughs>
6: I got
1: five hits for her physical track.
2: All right, you heal up three physical, nim. You're feeling a little bit better. Your friends are tending to you. Boomer's keeping an eye on the holes in the wall to make sure no more glow rats come running out.
6: I'm, I'm sorry, Bumbles. I didn't mean to yell. Uh, just uh, thank you very much for your help.
5: You're welcome. Don't worry about it. I get it. Meat bodies. <laughs> <laughs> they feel pain and things. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> What do you
2: guys
1: do now? What's down here?
2: Um, there's the room that Kashmir, uh, you guys, you dragged kind of Nim to the door leading there. Um, so you can open up that door. You, uh, it smells bad down here. Um, and uh, Nim, through all your pain, you can feel just like the background count of this place just like seeping into your aura and tainting it. It's gross. Actually, Nim, uh, your wrist burns a little bit not because of acid Uh, and you look down and uh the glyphs of the tattoo around your wrist are glowing and uh kind of like a light faint blue almost that same kind of blue that comes from the crystal in kothan care um and then the symbol of the great corruptor is kind of like burning a sickening yellow color
6: oh hey look it, it actually works
2: and uh well, you do, you good. you do feel like this background count like touches you and like you feel it it feels different from normal b- background counts like usually like a background count it feels bad it's hard to like really, really tap into your magic because you're, you're so off kilter, but this one feels like it's like pressing down on you. It's like trying to like grab you, but it doesn't seem to be able to get a hold. It feels the, like it, like it, you feel the pressure, but it like wipes off and then it, uh, more pressure and it wipes off. So it's still distracting, but you feel like maybe you're a little protected from it.
6: Yeah. If we can not stay down here very long, I would like that.
3: I think we all would.
6: So, are we looking for, like, a
1: piece of paper? I mean, I guess I'll grab the broken metal ink.
2: Yes, it looks like it was microwaved.
1: <laughs> cool. There's probably nothing salvageable, but I'll take it anyway. Put it in a, like, lead-lined bag or something. I'm sure we brought one. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and there's, there's like, a, a like very, very simple, like, table um, with, like, a stool with like a leg that's broken and been like duct taped back together uh, sitting there which is probably like what he was using when he was recording um, but uh, uh, you guys can all roll perception tests to kind of like rummage around this room there's not much around here um, but you're trying to find anything you can
6: all right uh, while looking around I'd like to a sense okay I'll pre-edge this okay no hits
2: okay bumbles what'd you get on your perception uh that's two hits mouse two boomer four. Oh. okay mouse you're rummaging around uh like looking around the desk trying to find anything um and seeing if there's you also pop open that like you you try to pop open the husk of that like that metal link and it like breaks and like it's like it's totally fried it's just a. It, the, you wouldn't even if you didn't know what a phone looked like, you would think this was a lump of charcoal. Got um, it. And uh, Bumbles, you uh, uh, you were rummaging around the bed, uh, like looking in the sheets, which are like stained and unwashed. And, this is gross. Uh, and you look underneath, and like, you know, you're checking all around there. Uh, Nim, you try to sense, but you're just like hit with like a wave of, of this feeling. Uh, like... You don't sense another presence here, um, but, like, it's almost like just the astral itself has, like, ill intentions towards you, and that's, like, really, really, like, upsetting. You have to, like, turn off your ascensing immediately because it's almost like you can see this background count, like, coming at you, uh, and, like, your stomach stomach does, like, a little somersault again. Oh, not again. (laughs) Um, Boomer, you're watching your team like rummage and and everything, and you just kind of like sit there and think for a second, and then you like kind of go up and start tapping on the walls.
3: Nope.
2: And uh, no. eventually, you tap and you you feel you feel like uh, this what looks like just normal concrete, like everything else. It's metal.
3: Clung, clung, clung. There we go. And uh, uh, I'm going to inspect it.
2: Yeah, uh, you kind of press and uh, you press it and like it kind of pushes in and there's like a little hydraulic hiss as it slides out. Um, And there's about um, jutting out about two feet from the wall, about three and a half feet tall, like a a rectangle, a metal rectangle of some kind of like hidden wall safe. And uh, it has a mechanical lock.
3: Well, 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 uh, auto picker. Yep. Mouse. You also see
2: like off to the side, there is like a, a shelving unit that has like a bunch of, um, like non-perishable food, um, scattered around on it. Um, looks like a lot of it's probably been used up at this point. Uh, and you kind of get the sense that like maybe before everything that happened to this building happened, whoever lived in that apartment, like had like a bomb shelter, that, that they, like, built into their apartment.
1: Oh.
3: I got nine hits.
2: Yeah, you pop that safe right open. Uh, you just pull out the auto-paper, and it's done. And you pop it open. Uh, inside there are two things. Uh, the first thing you notice when you open it up, Boomer, is a katana. Uh, it's Kashmir's katana.
3: What's the other thing?
2: Uh, you you kind of grab the katana you pull it uh, out and you and something kind of like moves you look down and laying at the bottom of like the safe uh is a is a piece of paper or something and you you grab it and you look at it um it's the photograph of you bumbles mouse and cashmere standing outside of whitmore's manor
3: <laughs> right in the
2: fields and you see right like right uh you're holding it and you kind of, it feels a little weird under your thumb and you move your thumb and you see right where your thumbprint is, there's Cashmere's thumbprint kind of burned into it as if like maybe he he had a little surge of astral energy while looking at it and you actually see like his thumbprint that you were just touching.
6: Hi, oh, Nim. I'm uh, standing in the corner of the room bent over with my hands on my thighs, just like breathing slowly. What? Huh? What?
3: Cashlift is Katana. Yes. Yeah. If I were to take it, would there be any uh, issues? It was his uh, focus or whatever.
2: Uh, Upon hearing that, Nim, you know that that's your trail. Uh, You can probably after you leave this horrible, horrible place, (laughs) um, you might. And it's a it's a stretch and it's going to be real hard, especially if you're going under the assumption that he died two two days uh, like two or three days ago um but that focus should still have a link to his astral signature and you should be able to use that to find out where he went it will take a lot of time and some luck and a lot of effort but you might be able to pull it off
6: yeah no we we should take that um there's a lot of stuff in down here so i'll i'll look at it later um once once we're out of here
3: all right i'll hold on to it
1: wait is there like a name thing is there like a piece of paper or instructions or or should we keep looking did we find it
3: well there's this picture and i pick up the picture and look at the back uh the back looks clear to you hey nim Huh? Yeah. Is this some more magical fraggery, or is it just a picture?
6: I will try to sense the picture. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Go ahead and roll a, a sensing for me.
6: All right, uh, I got one hit.
7: Okay, uh,
2: you walk up, you touch the, the the photograph, you notice the burned thumbprint as well. And, like, you, like, take a deep breath and you allow yourself to sense again. You get that gross, like, m- like evil feeling just, like, pressing in on you, like, attacking your, your astral eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but through it all, you see there's, like, a slight glow around this photo. Um, and you flip it around um, and you see written on the back, like, an astral signature is what looks like a significantly complex uh, formula of some kind um, which judging by what cashmer said you would imagine is a large portion of the uh, spirit formula for the great corruptor
6: yep yeah that's that's what we need can we go now
2: yeah let's get out of here
6: i put everything
1: back and we go all right and i grab my camera on the way
2: out. you guys help nim up the ladder <laughs> you guys walk back through the acid rain. Which seems to be getting heavier and heavier as you uh, as you approach spot. The drones dock. Everyone climbs back in.
5: We put Nim in the hospital in the back.
2: Yeah, Nim, you lay down in the Valkyrie module. Oh, thank God. Um, and uh, you guys start driving off away from this horrible, horrible place you found in Southern pialop and that's where we'll end this session.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved.
1: The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by the Tops Company Incorporated. Shadowrun is a trademark of the Tops Company Incorporated. All rights reserved. Go to www.shadowruntabletop.com for more information.